Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, last week we were wondering what we'd see out of Mac Jones once he had a full game week to prepare with the ones. He only went 18 for 22, 235 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a 216 quarterback rating, and led Alabama to a 41-point halftime lead. Nothing but respect for our vice quarterback. (laughs) We talked about it last week. When he was unexpectedly put in the game against Tennessee, the offense stalled. We were unsure, really, as a fan base, if Mac was even going to make it through the duration of Tua's injury as the second stringer. I even brought up the scenario of Mac potentially struggling against a bad Arkansas team, and if you know that he absolutely could not be the guy to beat LSU next Saturday, you go with Talia to see if he gives you a better chance because Alabama didn't have time to guess. And what Mac Jones did was eliminate any guesswork for the staff. And it also helps that you know, Sark had a full week of practice to be able to tweak and implement certain things as well that will kind of limit any issues that he may struggle versus with, you know, what Tua does better compared to him, which I, I would also like to say as well. Uh, isn't it funny that the offense still is different when Tua's not in there and, and Max, you know, trying to run the same type of slants? It's, it's weird how that works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, what Mac did to me, I don't know about you, but he gave me confidence that Alabama can still win next Saturday if something happens to Tua during or before that game. And that's not an opinion that I expected to have a week ago. No, and I think that's a testament to Mac and everything he's done over the years. And it's also Sark and game planning. But uh, unfortunately, Mac can't play inside linebacker because that's going to be the RPO killer next week with Joe Brady. Is uh, It'll be a shootout because of that fact alone. But I think Mac is very capable. I mean, when we look at Vanderbilt, um, you look at uh, Utah State. I mean, LSU is very prone to give up yardage and points. And if Mac did anything, it's the fact that he confirmed he's got a little cannon out there, especially on that. Now, only really the bad throw of the game, you know, the overshot touchdown where, mm. you know, I saw I saw uh, Alfonso Taylor say uh, he threw that one to the event staff. So let me ask you this. I, I know I'm looking ahead some, but we talked about the circus that next year's quarterback battle will 100 percent be. Did Mac Jones just kind of pour gasoline on that topic for the offseason without anyone really even realizing it? Man, it's hard to say. I mean, honestly, going back to when we talked about Bryce Young, you know, a few weeks ago, I think it's too early. If we want to get caught up in the moment here and go off of this, absolutely. He's definitely done it. There's no question he's going to be the leader. And uh, other than that, two better come back if it's going to be anybody else. But then in three weeks, we could be changing our opinion. Hell, after next week, if Tua doesn't play, we could be changing our opinion. You know, you never know. Uh, but what I commend the hell out of him, he he did his time and he um, he got thrown into Tennessee, played the way he did. But look what he did when he was able to get that full reps with the ones, get the game plan worked out for him. I, I know it's Arkansas, but at the end of the day, he still did what he was supposed to do and he didn't make mistakes. And that is all you have to do, because I think Alabama is going to be gung ho to sling that thing against LSU, whether it's two or Mac. And then Mac proved he can move the ball downfield if he needs to. To be completely honest, the more I watch of Bryce Young, the more I've thought he would eventually be the guy next year. And obviously, like how someone translates to the next level is never a sure thing, especially at quarterback. But Bryce Young is one of the more convincing quarterback prospects I've seen. But I have to say, Mac made me question how sure I was of of Bryce Young eventually winning that job next year. He made me kind of back off of that some and I have no idea 
how the staff is going to handle the quarterback situation next season. It's a definitely it's a good problem to have. Uh, you really couldn't ask for more, especially after someone like Tua leaves the program. Yeah, and the better question to throw in there too is whomever on is on that staff as well. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I know that it's definitely a, a better quarterback situation than other teams across the state. Absolutely, man. We've uh, we've been pretty damn fortunate of having now two straight quarterbacks step up and fill in for a game, and really couldn't ask for any better each time. The NCAA, Brad, has ruled that athletes will be able to use their name, image, and likeness for a profit. There are not exact rules and specifics out yet, but based on the very little that we know so far, are you in or out on this ruling? I mean, I'm, look, I'm not this fake woke things you see online and all that. Uh, I do think they deserve it, but at the same time, I wrote a paper about this in college uh, about six years ago, and I know it's shocking I went to college, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I wrote a paper about it, and I'm telling you, I got an old takes expose myself right now because I did not think we would see this, uh, not full-blown, mm-hmm. uh, and this fast, too. You know, I didn't think it would get implemented, especially before 2020 and much less across the NCAA itself. I just could not see it happening. But I think it's going to come to how they regulate and structure this thing. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to just like you can't stop them from getting extra benefits and things like that already. There's always going to be additional ways. And if anything, now the uh, the rec has another way to write off taxes. Yeah. I'm in on this. I like I'm never going to be upset at anyone for getting paid, especially if it's off of their own name. There there's nothing unethical about it and, and really this could help change lives for young players and their families. I'm I'm imagining they're going to attempt to have some strict rules and guidelines to begin with, kinda like you said. But I think eventually this is going to be a free for all. Like I agree. And I think it, it also needs to be pretty in my opinion, it needs to be pretty centric around healthcare too as well yeah Uh, i think that's the main thing too uh but look nothing is ever going to be good enough we live in a in an age right now to where you have to be mad about something so they got the first step down now the next thing is probably going to be mad about well why is this guy getting this much and this guy is not you know and we see all these problems coming we'll see how they structure it out and roll it out obviously they're going to find a way to mess it up too yeah (laughs) well i mean i can tell you what the end game is is that you can't really tell a guy how much his image is worth. Like you, you are worth what someone is willing to pay you. If a com- exactly. If a company wants to pay, say, Tua, a half a million dollars for an endorsement, then that's what that company has determined Tua's endorsement is worth. And I don't see how the NCAA can put a cap on something like that. And by the way, this does nothing but help Alabama. For, <laughs> for anyone worried, this is. a positive thing for Alabama. (laughs) Uh, It's just so great because I'm thinking about all the future just bitching and moaning on Twitter by other fan bases and the allegations and the unfairness. And, man, uh, I wonder if – I wonder if refs can make likeness uh, profits based on their calls too, uh, you know, because I'm all for that as well. Uh, but no, look, so let's let's think about this. I mean, is this going to essentially, uh, in the first few years, change the dynamics of college football in terms of the tiers? Like our fan base has tiers. Mm-hmm. Is this going to c- further create that gap of that tier one, the consistent blue bloods of this modern era, not the ones like your favorite team, Michigan, that hold on to luster and lore <laughs> from the Civil War, you know, but... 
Uh, is this going to, I, in my opinion, I think this is going to do more damage than good, but it's not going to be in the public eye because it's not going to be the main teams everyone knows. I mean, the top the top tier schools will be the ones to recruit and sign the top tier talent. Just, I mean, just like they are, right? True. Other than walk on punters, thank God. Yeah. So. so I don't think this will change a lot as far as that goes. Like who is signing who now? Two programs that I can see having the really the most to gain from this, especially if it does become a free for all or when it becomes a free for all. Uh, Oregon and Maryland. Phil Knight and Kevin Plank, they have already shown that they're willing to put their, their Nike and Under Armour money into their alma maters. Those two, I think, would benefit greatly from this ruling. Like, Alabama is going to be Alabama, and they're going to compete for national championships, and they're going to have a lot of people invest a lot of money in, in whatever way they can think of. <laughs> the kids are going to get paid, basically. But well, Oregon yeah, can kind of close that gap, I think. You know, that – that gap Absolutely. between them and the tier one teams. Absolutely. And you're already seeing that, you know, progress over the last two years yeah. uh, with, you can start with not even just the win loss record. You can, you can look at the facilities that they've done, you know, the investment that Phil Knight has made. I mean, if I remember correctly, he's put damn near half a billion dollars towards this in the last 10 years alone. Oh, their um, facilities. Have you seen their facilities? Absolutely. <laughs> and they did it right after we did ours and they copied so much of it, but oh, I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. It's, yeah, yeah, we're we're trendsetters. We're like the Pinterest of facilities. So, <laughs> by the way, a quote from a few months ago kept popping up after the ruling, and it was uh, it was your your guy Dabo saying that he may quit and head to the NFL guy, yeah. if college athletes ever get paid. So, I guess we're about to see how serious he was about that. All right, I'm I'm about to DM Fred at Old Takes Exposed. We're about to hit <laughs> that one up because I tell you what, he better take that clown show him and Gus's ass up there and get some NFL players sliding down a slide because I'm about sick of him too. And you realize our records are identical in the last, what is it, 60? Damn it, it was 64 and 6. So the last 70 games mm. were 64 and 6 both teams. That's that's remarkable. Yeah. Look, so my thing is Alabama definitely does not pay players, never has, never will, and currently does not. And this will only improve Alabama's chances because the trend in recruiting-wise has been trending at an all-time high, setting records. It's only going to help. Uh, it, it definitely is not going to hurt. And then it will also uh, actually will hurt LSU fans uh, for that Baton Rouge commitment that leaves. And they're going to say we paid them more and somehow broke a rule. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. ultimately, all it took was somebody taking initiative. College athletes basically have the California, their their fair pay to play act. That kind of got that ball rolling and. And it pretty much put pressure on the NCAA to make this ruling. And it in like a month, quick. too. That's what's crazy. Yeah. 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 In a very, very short period of time. The, the NCAA basically, their stance two months ago or less than that was this isn't happening. <laughs> then the, the Fair Pay to Play Act, you know, went through in California and uh, they, they called their bluff. If California wasn't such a, a plethora of uh, a pipeline of talent, I don't think it would have had the bearing forcing the hand that it did. I agree. Uh, it's not all that either. You know, it is, it's a uh, culmination of a lot of things, but that is the majority, yes. Yeah, but, I mean, like even, even outside of just football, just college athletics in general, there are a lot of important schools on that side of the map. Stanford's winning like more national championships than everybody in, in all these obscure sports and everything, you know? Yeah. And no one's won more in the last 10 years than UCLA and all of athletics. Right. You know? Yeah. So it, it's, it's definitely more than just football. And yeah, there's no, a I lot agree. of talent and a lot of sports, uh, you know, out that way. Um, and that's the other problem too, is the tiers within the athletic department 
of the programs and the overall team student athletic sports, whatever you want to call it, that's going to be the next thing is how it's broken down or how much they get. And again, it's all about your likeness, what you're worth. And if somebody's willing to pay it, that's what you're worth. Exactly. But it's not going to be good enough. Exactly. Did you see the, uh, the Matt online, the, the Senator from North Carolina, Richard Burr? How did you see any of that? Okay. So no, I didn't, but I got to already do a dad joke here. I bet he had some, some bird ass, didn't he? So. <laughs> he tweets out that he plans to introduce legislation that would tax the scholarships of any athlete that chooses to use their image to get paid. Like this dude wants to treat a scholarship like it's actual income. And he actually wants to tax their scholarships. The, the ratio that dude, the responses to that tweet that he said, I gotta out, find this. Yeah. You have That's to find gotta be it. an all timer. Yeah. Gotta uh, be an all timer. Oh, it's hilarious. Like, do you, First of all, do you know how miserable of a human being you have to be to like, that's the fight, that's the, what you want to fight against? You want to fight against what's best <laughs> for a 19-year-old athlete on an athletic scholarship. It's well, like some of these people wake up and just ask themselves, how how awful of a person can I possibly be? Like dude, when they, when they wake you, up Nothing everyone. is ever good enough. Yeah. Everyone will find shit to be mad about. But with this guy, wait until he finds out that for the last, what, six or seven years now since they changed it up, uh, that they get stipends every month, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this he's going to be super pissed. He's going to back bill <laughs> the shit out of these people. Um, and, and the thing is, he's a senator in North Carolina. Like, yeah, North Carolina is yeah. going to benefit from this. In, well, in, I mean, not in football, yeah. in basketball. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. And, and seriously, you don't want to bring, you know, this whole morality god, you know, yeah. figure onto oh, your please. entire premise. Like, seriously, yeah. you, you just back off. <laughs> because yeah. the incident only cuts you a huge break with this academic, you know, uh, investigation that was just muffed and fumbled, which, of course, the incident with however they handle this new uh, situation they find themselves in, they're going to fumble the hell out of it, but it's going to benefit us. What I want to know, Wes, uh, you don't have to answer this now. And I want somebody in the comments, if, if whoever gives me the best answer, I'm going to send you some type of gift like we did last year. But I want to know the best way Alabama and Nick Saber are going to find a way to take advantage of this oh, when it goes into place. Because I don't care if y'all are serious with your answers or you want to be sarcastic like me. Hit me, hit hit up the comments. I want to get some good answers of how will Nick Saban and Alabama take advantage of this new ruling once it starts. So I've, I've kind of thought about this. I don't really know how to word it, but if you get a certain group of boosters together that basically can guarantee every single person that signs with you gets a, a, a basic income, like a, we'll say, we'll call it $50,000 a year. Nick Saban goes in a living room and he guarantees, hey, we'll have commercials, you know, whether it be a team commercial or whatever, that, you know, this certain set of commercials for these certain groups of people's, people and these certain businesses that will guarantee that everyone that signs with Alabama get, makes at least $50,000 a year. Yeah, and see, you're already hitting exactly what I thought. Number one thing is going to be recruiting, obviously. Oh, yeah, it's it, going to be used in recruiting. There's no way around it. Dude, I'm telling you, it's Pandora's box. There is unlimited there's a string theory of problems out here there's a multitude of different mm -hmm. universes of problems within this ruling and i look i'm not complaining because it's going to benefit alabama it is. because if you've seen everything that's been changed or changed because of what alabama was doing they found ways to still take advantage of it and set that trend they're going to do the same thing and if they regulate to where these people that are boosters can't have involvements 
uh, large boosters or whatever, uh, if they're like the leader of that company that's uh, donating a certain amount of money to a university, they can't have involvements with the advertisement. Let's say that's the way they go. That's fine. But if a star player period though uh that's on the team currently let's say a jerry judy gets a car commercial you know what nick saban's gonna go into that next big receiver down there in miami dade county and say look that'll be you next year oh exactly (laughs) yeah you're gonna get that car commercial um speaking of people in hot i just thought about this it got brought up in one of our local radio shows that I was listening to. Did you see our old defensive back coach, Mel Tucker? He he was catching some heat this week, too. He was, no, what happened? He was quoted as saying, there's no transfer portal in the real world. Mel Tucker has coached at 10 different places in 21 seasons. So you can imagine the reaction that got, too. Uh, you can literally transfer uh, Anywhere. franchises. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I get Mel's point. I mean, he just he wanted to be wrong, so I, I get it. But. <laughs> the, the, that's exactly what the real world is. It's a, a big, gigantic transfer portal. Like, if you don't like your job, you can leave or ap- yeah. apply wherever else you want. If you don't like where you live, you can go to a different city if you have the means to. Nobody is obligated, not at least not in America, is obligated to stay put basically in any facet of, of life. So he was just... He was extra wrong on that one. Yeah, and you know, it's still every week almost it seems, even though we're over halfway through the season, uh, you're still having these what would have been a very unique situation to happen uh, in terms of redshirting or sitting out or transferring. Yeah, every, every week still you're having it happen. You look at what's going on in Auburn right now, uh, and by that I mean the Gatewood situation. You know, he's going to transfer out now. Uh, and you talk about local radio. Well, in Birmingham I saw that, uh, there's a conspiracy theory by Auburn fans. Uh, this guy called into jocks and said that uh, Gus Malzahn knew he'd probably get more sympathy and leeway for having a bad season this year, seven or eight wins with Bo Nix as a freshman versus Joey Gatewood, who's not a freshman, not a family legend. So I'm all in on this conspiracy theory. I love theories. I'm buying this one. I can see it. I mean, I feel like if I would give a coach more leeway, you know, with the freshman at quarterback, especially – I mean, I know that Bo Nix hasn't been great by any means. As a matter of fact, he's probably been bad Dude, for the most part. The, my favorite tweet over the weekend was, Bo Nix can overthrow most governments. Like, <laughs> that was just perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's not been good. But it's like you can see the potential with Bo Nix. It's obvious. Oh, yeah. You're, and there. you're going to see it in less than 30 days. Don't worry. Stick <laughs> yeah. around. Like, it's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> he's going to become Deshaun Watson mixed with Tom Brady. Just in time yeah. for the Iron Bowl. Uh, but, you know, look, we our very first, let's call it our pilot episode, damn near, I don't even know how long we've been doing this, three years now, two years, I don't, however many years, we talked about Gus, we talked about the quarterbacks, the development, and, you know, just how bad he is. Imagine the fact that Gus Malzahn literally is bailed out nationally in perspective and perception by Kevin Steele. If he didn't have Kevin Steele, that's it. What, what does he have? Because six of his eight quarterbacks he's recruited to Auburn, they're either transferred, they were kicked off the team, and then later arrested, or then arrested and kicked off the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I know that is bad, especially when you have the reputation he does. But that is almost damn impressive, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, part of me says, okay, I would give him more leeway because you can see the potential with that freshman quarterback. But what evidence do we have that Gus Malzahn can – 
develop that front. Like, what evidence do we have that Bo Nix is going to get better during his time at Auburn? We don't have any. No, only thing we have is belief out of Lee County. And now, just like every single year about this time of the season, if they believe in something within that team, it's starting to change around this time of the year. Last year it was Gus. This year it's Bo. Yeah. Before we hang it up, I wanted to bring up Minnesota coach P.J. Fleck is campaigning for college game day to be in Minnesota next weekend for their game against Penn State instead of Tuscaloosa. He's writing letters to ESPN. He's given like five-minute speeches at his press conferences about it. He is truly lobbying for this to happen. Some are annoyed by his annex. I can tell that you probably are too. No, honestly, I'm just – I'm more or less reacting. But in my opinion, that's one of the only things I did actually get to see since last weekend – I love the dude. Hell of a coach. Hell of a motivator. I I have no problem with what he's doing. Doesn't mean I'm not going to talk shit about it. (laughs) I mean, to me, really a program like Minnesota needs a personality like P.J. Fleck. They're 8-0. They have a top five team coming into town. Oh, my God. No, their their next game's all the way to the end, week 12. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not going to go as well for them going forward. But but he's putting himself and his program out there, and to be honest, it's working. Like This this is what you do, yeah. Yeah, more people know about P.J. Fleck and what Minnesota is doing this season literally because of this. It's the same thing when when he was at Central Michigan in Mm -hmm. 2016 when they went undefeated. He took advantage of it. That's what any good coach, that's what they do is they take advantage of this exposure. And it's also been since, well, I think it was 1947, uh, which is, again, around the time Michigan last won an outright national title. So, yeah, it's impressive. I hope if game day has no intentions of coming to Tuscaloosa and using a damn Alabama-related guest picker, take their ass <laughs> yeah. up to Minnesota for all I give a shit. Yeah. Go up there to the ten thousand lakes. I, I <laughs> so, don't re- I, like. I don't really care if game day's in town. I mean, like it's it's cool, I guess, but it do- it doesn't bother me. I don't either. either but it, yeah. it bothers me the fact that the way they choose their guest pickers, and I've chewed Lee Fitting's ass out on Twitter before, and he goes, one time he actually responded, and, and for all y'all that don't know, Lee Fitting is the person that actually helps not only produce but arrange where they go to on college game day he actually responded one time and he said well who else are we going to use at that time four years ago i suggested deontay wilder well Mm -hmm. let's see what's happened over the last four years for deontay wilder he has a fight coming up too you mean to tell me he would not say yes Uh, oh he absolutely would yeah and the astros losing in the world series as some of my followers on twitter replied and made a great point that helped Alabama's case to maybe get somebody that's not a music artist with a new CD with no ties to Alabama being a guest picker. Yeah. Because otherwise they would have used, uh, what is it, Bre- uh, Alex Bregman as the guest picker for LSU and Tuscaloosa <laughs> like they did Brian Wilson for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm definitely not mad I'm laughing again. Yeah, I got so. you. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, we'll see if it works for him. It, it very – I mean, I expect game day to be in Tuscaloosa, but who knows? I mean, it, it, he's gaining a little traction. Uh, Dude, go to I, Minnesota. Like, yeah. I, rem- like, I remember when like James Franklin like when James Franklin was at Vanderbilt, and he, he was doing stuff like this, and they needed that. It kept them relevant. It made them mm-hmm. a more attractive choice for high school kids. And we aren't in the 1940s anymore. It's hard to win at Minnesota. And I, I think if he keeps it up, he'll be entering the uh, transfer portal soon <laughs> for, a, for a bigger job. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't have any uh, cold takes that come up for his thoughts on transfer portals in life. So, All right. Well, this has been the Roll Bama Roll podcast. Roll Todd.